To all the exhausted village. I'm, that's what I'm going to call your fans, Kyle. The exhausted village. Shout out to the exhausted educator. <laughs> this is a Holding On To Learning LLC production. Woo! The ideas expressed on this show are not the views of their employer. Besides, if you really want to take advice from this guy, well, you should probably do it at your own risk. You're going to love the exhausted educator. <laughs> What is going on, Education Heroes? Thank you for dropping in to the Exhausted Educator Show. I'd like to take a second and welcome anybody who is out there that also loves or supports our Education Heroes. Because I have a feeling we may have some local people who are tuning in that may not be teachers, paraprofessionals, or administrators. And if we have anybody new in general, thank you for dropping by, whether you're listening on audio form or you're watching on YouTube. Could I ask a quick favor, though, if you're willing to just follow us or hit the subscribe button on YouTube as we put out as much content as we possibly can, all in hopes of helping recharge our educators and our most important people in our schools, our students. So you hitting subscribe or following allows us to get more content out to people who need it. In the end, Helping more kids. That's the plan. That's the overall plan for our Recharge Family Network. So let me tell you a little bit about our amazing guest. He is full of energy. He's full of vision. His leadership vision is pretty cool. He's got ideas about teacher retention, teacher recruitment. And I think you're going to find that his vision has really been developed over time as he's had a wide variety of experiences to draw from which has helped him. And any of us who work in education know the more variety you have with the experiences you have, the better off you're going to be because in education, we need to pivot constantly and change directions and evolve. I think you're going to enjoy listening to his educational journey, how he's gotten to the point where he is now, and within the next week, moving to a new job in one of our local schools as their principal. It is interesting that Dr. Gerard Phillips is also a podcaster. Even more interesting is the fact that this podcast is part of the Teach Better Podcast Network, if you didn't know that. His podcast is also part of that network as well. And a couple weeks ago, I realized he lives right down the road. He's he's not very far away, which is amazing to think because there's only 40 of us in our podcast network across the country, and he is one of them. By the way, if you don't know about Teach Better Podcast Network, it is filled with amazing people. The Teach Better team is filled with amazing people, and they everybody just tries to push out content to help educators. So if you don't know about them, you haven't checked them out, I'd highly suggest it. It's well worth your time. So in this interview, we'll dive into Gerard's current job, his past jobs, and his future job, and his vision for all of it. You are going to love this guy's energy. You are going to love his positive vibes. This interview fits in really well with this show because we're just trying to recharge your educational battery, and he does that. Ladies and gentlemen, you're going to enjoy listening to Dr. Gerard Phillips. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm super excited to have on a special guest today who... I came to know from podcasting 
And now uh, I didn't even realize he lives next door. <laughs> Not literally, <laughs> but down the road. And he's headed to our, our home school district here uh, in Delaware. I'm super happy about it. Gerard, thank you so much for jumping on with me. Oh, uh, thank you, Kyle. I'm glad to be on. Gerard, could you, I usually start off with just kind of like allowing the guest to, to share, you know, who they are and then wh- what their experiences are in, their, in their, back, their background and up to where they're at now. So you want to take everybody on a little educational journey where you're at to all the way up to what you're doing now? Okay. Um, my path to education was totally different. Um, I had a background in finance and banking. So coming out of college, I, I did that for three years. Um, after about that third year, things weren't, you know, I was successful, but it just really wasn't doing it for me like it did that first year, year and a half. So on my downtime, I started, you know, working at the school program, getting connected with some uh, some some young men. And I'm like, oh, I really like doing this. So the assistant principal at the time at that middle school was like, hey, on your free days, you should get on the sub list. So did a little bit of that, uh, subbed all over that district. And then I'm like, okay, I might could do something with this with math. I'm good with numbers. Let me see how I can get certified. So I took at first I took a part-time job teaching math at um a, a little tiny school in Kent County that uh served uh high school teenage teenage girls um that were you know going that, that were gonna have a baby pregnant in high school. So I taught there uh part-time for a little bit um and really got my feet wet. I'm like, okay. I'm ready to dive in. So <laughs> I started reaching out to alternative roots programs. Um, the current district I'm in now, which this is my second stint, they actually gave me a shot as a math teacher and I was able to get into the alternative roots program. So I did that. Um, taught there for a year in high school, but then my, my oldest daughter who was still a baby at the time was always sick. So I'm like, I need to get closer to home, got closer to home Taught at that middle school from, I want to say, 2010 until about 2014. Um, nope, I scratched that. 2016, I was a dean of students for about two years. Um, loved it. Taught eighth grade math. Transitioned to uh, dean of students, all while getting my master's in leadership. And then 16, I jumped into the AP world, and I've been a assistant principal in two different uh, districts here in Delaware, um, one at the middle school level, and the last one is at the elementary. Been a elementary principal for about a year and seven months, so been a, a been in a school leadership basically since uh, September of 2014 in some capacity. And every year, I just love it more and more. And right now, uh, at the time of this podcast starting. Next week, I will be transitioning to my home district where you are, Kyle, where my kids are, my family, where I live. Um, I'm pumped, ready to go first grade through fifth. Um, that's that's my wheelhouse. And uh, I'm ready to bring the fire and the passion and, um, you know, support teachers. And as I always say, I'm striving to make it the best elementary school in the state. Um, kids deserve it. Parents deserve it. They send me their best. So they're going to get the best out of me every day. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. We're happy to have you. Happy to have you. It worked out perfect. Sorry for the quick break in the action, everybody, but I wanted to give you some really important information and let you know this episode is brought to you by the Recharge Family YouTube channel. 
and our YouTube channel, we're aiming to help parents and educators by providing you with content that's going to help build up the kids in your lives. That's why in 2023, we're putting a big emphasis on confidence building. So much so that we're actually in the middle of developing an entire course with videos and activities and downloadables. You want to subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can hear about more of this in the coming days. Also, while you're on our channel, you might want to check out our shorts videos. They're getting thousands of views. And those views are mostly because our kids and our pets are doing amazing things and I'm pretty much making a fool of myself. Also in 2023, we're pretty excited about the release of a recharged family merchandise line that's been designed by our whole family. Check out the link in the show notes and you'll see how we've tried to design all kinds of merchandise that will recharge and empower everybody, kids, adults alike. And whether it be shirts and hats or mugs and bottles, we've got all kinds of stuff. Finally, if you haven't done so already, follow us on social media at Recharge Family, where we're on Instagram, Twitter, and yeah, we're on TikTok. As always, thanks for listening and watching. It means more than you realize. Now back to the show. Wow, you got a lot of experiences to draw on. So that it's amazing how over the course of years, you know, when you've been at been at your career for a while. You kind of, everybody has different roads, you know, some people take a pretty straight road, they're here for a while and that's where they stay and some people kind of different spots. But if you have the luxury of all these different spots, boy, you can really pick up a lot of different things. So I was blown away by the fact that this new principal coming to our school district, when somebody told me the name Gerard Phillips, I was like, wow, where do I know that name from? (laughs) Am I on like some state committees with this guy? And then my wife was like, hey, this guy's a podcaster. I was like, that's it. I've listened to his podcast stuff before. You know, and turns out we are both part of the Teach Better Podcast Network. I know that your newest podcast is part of our network, which is for those listeners out there, Teach Better Team is an amazing, if you're an educator, an amazing group of people. Highly suggest you check out their stuff. Uh, just Got so, to. yeah, so many good people involved with trying to help educators do good things to help kids. So I want to give you a minute, just share with everybody all about your new podcast experience that you've got going on. It has to do with leadership, right? Yep. Um, it's the, called the Squad Builder Podcast. It's been a, a passion of mine basically ever since I was an assistant principal, um, working under my former principal when I was a, a middle school um, AP. And I noticed that he moved quite differently when trying to staff the building when openness came about. So I learned a lot about team building and building a team for success, as well as building a cohesive team that keeps the main thing, the main thing. And as I, you know, became a elementary assistant principal, then a principal started realizing just how vital that was. Then it became even more vital when, You know, it used to be one job posting, you had 50, 60 applicants. And when that thing started dwindling, it really became critical to always be recruiting. And I know a lot of times um, school leaders may not, um, you know, look at look at application packets or think about educators that are out there looking for a change. They might even think about it until an opening happens. And I'm like, that's too late, Mm -hmm. even even thinking about, you know, kids that are in college right now that are pursuing education. Um, I, I don't, I think education, I'm like, we need to do a better job of getting to those deans um, of those schools education to, especially elementary level, 
to let them know, do not let any undergrads walk across that stage without being dual certified, mm. especially in our state. Yes. Cause it's going to be tough. Yes. Um, very tough. So with all that combined, I was like, you know what? I really enjoy podcasting. Love my prior podcast with my podcast mates. Um, but I was like, I really want, I really want to continue this journey. And this is one thing I'm passionate about. I'm like, hey, and Adam Welcome out at NESP gave me some good advice. And he's like, just get started. Just yep. get started. Yep. He was like, start innovate later. And <laughs> I jumped into it and, and I'm loving it. Yeah, good. Good. And, and I'm glad you're glad you're going on this journey. And, and I had listened to some of your previous podcast and I know that you were part of the Teach Better team and I hadn't put anything together until, you know, this one open, this one uh, popped up. But I do know I did realize that you all were from Delaware. And I thought to myself, you know what, I'm gonna put that on my list, you know, and see if I can see if I can get, you know, one or two or all three of you on the podcast. I never got to it. And now you, you, you've branched off and have your own, own thing going, which is exciting. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll uh, make sure that we provide information on, on that down in the show notes, too. So if you want to check out his uh, Gerard's podcast, you can definitely check that out there. So real quick, you talked a little bit about leadership. What's, what's your general view on, you know, leadership, as you're, as especially now you're heading into a new position? Um, I think the key, a couple key things. For me, leading um, going into this new position, the main thing is visibility, um, and the main thing is the second main thing is supporting the teachers that I'm be serving. Three, supporting the students and families that I'm be serving, and four, a lot of times we want to lean on what we've done in the past. And my current school, we've done some great work there, but I know in my new school there may be different needs there may be different areas of strength and then different areas uh for improvement so i don't want to go in uh telling the teachers this is what i've done that's what i've done i want to actually hear their stories and craft my leadership around that um that that right there is that is big to me now i have a a lot of you know strategies and repertoire things in my tool belt to draw from but not starting from scratch but making the school environment what it needs to be for those I'm serving. But a key thing is visibility. Um, for those of you listening, and I know my current secretaries, secretaries would tell you, you ain't never in the office. <laughs> Man, I need a pulse of the building. Learning isn't happening in the office. Um, I know I've even tried to you know, and this is a work in progress trying to teach people uh, to about email, like uh, emailing me at 12 and think you'll get a response at 1230 might not happen because lunches are going on, recess is going on, um, depending on what's going on in the building, they need to see me present. Um, so I think that main thing is visibility and, you know, just hearing, hearing teachers, hearing kids and hearing parents, just soaking it all in. May not even have an answer for you, but I'm soaking it all in. And as I'm driving home on the on the six minute commute, which was <laughs> once for 50 minutes, which is now six minutes <laughs> during that six minutes, some answers can pop in my head. But I think the main thing is visibility. That visibility will lead to the instructional leadership part and the climate culture building because I'm visible. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing what's being taught, I'm learning the curriculums at my new school and I'm being able to coach teachers as well as um, intervene for kids. 
That's good stuff. That's good stuff. And I know the uh, one of the other things you you really passionate about is you know recruitment and retainment of educators. You want to dive into that a little bit? Yeah, recruiting is recruiting is everything. Like in, in my current district, um, I can speak to that. We have like what we call an early hire process. So the district is growing by leaps and bounds. Um, and so they always have a forecast of what the growth is going to be and the number of teachers you'll need to uh, sustain that growth. Because you don't want to say, OK, we grew by 400 students and now that 400 students there, you trying to fill those fill those vacancies, which um the district realized we can't do that. So they got ahead of the game by this early hire process. So a lot of times if you're looking at your building and no, no teacher has told you, oh, I plan on leaving, um, and you're invited to those early hire interviews, you may not be more apt to go because you're like, oh, I'm not going to have any vacancies where I'll flip the script. My mind's like, nah, things happen. Uh, spouses get jobs out of state. Um Spouses, families decide, hey, we're going to have a baby or just certain different things that families decide that three months ago weren't even on their mind. So to get ahead of that, I at least want to go to those early hire interviews, see what's out there, see who the top candidates were and who the district hire. So if three, four months down the line, I do have a, a vacancy that came about that I wasn't expecting, I can go back to HR and be like, hey, I was on the like. Um, the early hire candidates, uh, how many of them were left? Uh, can I see A, B, C, D? I remember them. That. Um, another thing is when you get good substitutes in the building who, one, used to be teachers and they may be stay-at-home parents now and they're just subbing a couple of days. Or two, um, I know we've ran into people that, you know, they're going to school for education, but they like they may be going to Wilmington or Dell Tech or, you know, the college is local. They may have all their classes in the evenings or a couple of days a week and they're subbing to others, tapping it into them early, making them feel a part of that school. So that way, when they do get a degree, they want to come back. That another key thing is creating an environment where, as a leader, I'm real big on family first. And that's real big with teachers. And if I have a building where they know that, and the teachers in my building, they have friends in other districts that are looking to make a change, whether it be um, teach a fifth grade, but I really want to go back down to the babies. They may not, they may love their school, but they may know that the first grade or second graders, teachers ain't leaving. But if my school has one of them open, they may be more apt to take that jump. So making sure that I'm treating everybody right, treating them with a high level of respect for what they do and making sure that them as mother, father, husband, wife, whatever the case may be, trumps them as an educator that makes them want to come to work and they're going to tell their friends, hey, oh, you looking about this, you think about this move, you might want to come work in my school. Like yeah. all, always indirectly and directly recruiting because you just never, never know. Like you you see where where we're going, where I'm going to be working at. Every time you drive a back road, you see a new neighborhood coming up. Right. It's true. That that new neighborhood may create another grade level in that current school in each one. You don't want to say, oh, I got to hire a couple more teachers. But you don't know anybody in the panel. I mean, in the pool, you don't know any teachers that are, you know, looking to make a change or move to the area. But if you keep a pulse on that, you can get ahead of some of that. Yeah, a lot of good stuff there. 
So love the idea of when we talk about teacher recruitment, like the pipeline, building a pipeline from, you know, existing talent that you already have and being able to cultivate um, that talent, super powerful stuff. Uh, And then, you know, when it also comes back to, you know, how we're going to retain a lot, retain our educators and our staff, our paras and your your staff in particular that you're headed to filled with amazing, amazing people with big, big hearts. I know so many of them. And uh, your comment about, you know, uh, family first is going to resonate really well with uh, that staff in particular. What are some of the other ideas you have as far as like supporting the existing staff? Um, I, w- I actually want to know, you know, what their passions are, um, the things that they want to get out of their career, because some of my existing staff, for example, they may be teaching fifth, but they may be teaching fifth because they don't want to leave the district. However, their love is first or second. What can I do to get them to first or second when that opportunity arrives rather than pigeonholing them? Um, two, also tap it into, because sometimes we use the same people for interview panels, for leadership opportunities. I'm about spreading the love around, giving different people different opportunities if they want them, as well as seeing what some of their 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 extracurricular passions are, because I'm pretty sure somebody may want to do a club. Um, somebody, they're just a different range of things. I think the key thing is going to be getting in there, getting to know each and every one of them individually. And the more I know about them, the better I can, I can support them. Um, but I think the key thing is getting in there and seeing what programs are running, uh, what the teachers think of those programs, what are their ideas on how they can enhance those programs and giving them a voice at the table um, in a lot of different areas. Good stuff. Good stuff. Great stuff by you, as a matter of fact. And I, I, again, I appreciate you jumping on. I also appreciate we have another educational podcaster in our school district. I'm excited. Very excited. Uh, uh, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you nothing. Well, I, it, it'll be three because my good friend Adam Welcome turned, and I started this at my school and I want to do it at my new school. Um, you know, every week we send out a parent newsletter. Um, actually, Adam Welcome actually taught me little things of, hey, get the students involved, grab two or three, start a little podcast so parents that can, they can list on their ride home, as well as those that want to read, those dads that cut grass every Saturday or Sunday, <laughs> they can listen to it while they're cutting grass. And so grab two or three students, let them do it for several weeks, and then have them same two or three, teach the next two or three. And he was like, uh, and you'll, you'll keep it going. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's a great way to get your get your ideas out. Great way to make an impact. Uh, you know, you sit behind a screen, you talk into a mic. It's not the most difficult thing in the world, but it can be very impactful. So, yeah, yes. Gerard, let me finish up on this. Um, if anybody wants to connect with you, how can they connect? Okay, the best way to connect with me, I'm I'm trying to send everybody to Twitter and Instagram. So, on Twitter, it's uh, J A Phillips zero seven two two. Instagram, I had to add a little bit in front. So Instagram is Dr. So D-R-J-A Phillips 0722. Those are the best ways to connect with me. Sounds good. And again, we'll put that down in the show notes. And so you can always you can always get the information on the on his uh where to connect with him on social. And also you can find out information on his podcast. 
Dr. Gerard Phillips. Super happy to have you on. Super happy that you're coming to our school right. district. Uh, get out there and make an impact on young people, which I know you will. So thanks again. Appreciate your time Thank tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Party time. It's like, oh, 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 sirens are going off in my head. We're going to try to just not be horrible. I'm watching you, exhausting entertainers. Always watching. Last Christmas. <laughs>